And we are back. Happy Truck and Hustle Tuesday to all. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special show for you. Um, we have the uber successful, um, brilliant, energetic, dynamic Casey Cooper joining us today. Um, if you haven't heard about Casey, um, you definitely, definitely want to stay tuned because um, this woman is doing some really, really big, big things in the industry. Um, and you're going to really, really learn a lot. Um, before we get into the show, just want to, you know, say a few things. Um, one, um, I want to dedicate this show to my grandmother who passed um, a few weeks ago, um, Muddy Pole. Um, she was 92 years old, lived a, a, a very long, long, wonderful life. Um, but this shows for her. Um, so I just want to have a, a quick moment of silence for my grandmother. All right. And also, I want to dedicate this show to Giselle Smith, um, who's a woman who I met about 17 years ago. Um, actually, a little more than that, who actually, you know, introduced me to the trucking industry. Um, you know, she passed a few weeks ago. And I want to dedicate this show to her as well. So a quick moment of silence for her also. All right. So let's get going. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm excited, man. Big things are happening. Um, the show is picking up. Getting a lot of great responses. People are reaching out. We growing, y'all. We doing big things. Um, and it's all because of y'all. It's all, all because of, you know, the people who participate and, 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 and sit on the couch and, and, and let me, you know, pick their brain, you know, so to speak. And, you know, this is just a beautiful thing, man. I appreciate everybody who's, you know, uh, you know, been joining me on this journey. Um, continue to support the show. Um, continue to rate and review the show and keep on spreading the word. Um, so, you know, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, put your ears on. And if you smell something burning, it's what? It's only your desire. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley. And welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is what I'm doing. Mm. I don't care if you say no. Mm. I'm gonna find a yes. I'm gonna find somebody's gonna give it to me. I'm gonna go around you. I'm gonna go over top of you. I'm gonna dig a tunnel underneath you. Like, that is truly my mindset. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. So what's up, man? What's, what's, what's going on? I'm, I'm glad to finally be, to be able to catch up to you and, and, and get you on the show. What's, how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. That's a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been doing my little research, you know, about you checking, you know, through your social media and, you know, trying to find out, um, you know, some more about you. And um, it seems like you wear many different hats. Like, you're just kind of like all over the place. So, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I got to ask you, who, who, who is Casey Cooper? Who, if someone asks you, you know, what do you do? Who, who is Casey Cooper? Oh, wow. Um, depends on what day of the week you, uh, you ask. Okay. But, um, for the most part, you know, I'm a, I'm a black woman. I'm a mother. Uh, I'm a businesswoman. I'm a warrior, to be honest. I mean, I'm really out here, you know, fighting, um, not just for my own opportunities, but for women of color, men of color, um, babies of color, people of color to work smarter and not harder um, to really immerse ourselves in this world that we just don't know anything about. Mm. You know? mm. And to really get to the money, you know? Okay, okay, dope. So the first time I actually heard about you, it was um, in reference to a 5.5 million dollar government contract that's how you kind of came across my radar oh wow right um <laughs> and, and that's big congratulations on that thank you 
Um, and you know, I kind of look more into you and, and I, and I learned that you were in the dump truck industry, right? Okay. So, so I want to kind of get into your story and kind of figure out, you know, where, 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 where it all started. Um, give me some of your background. Where are you from? Um, and, and how did you get into this crazy industry that we call trucking? Right. So initially I started back in 2006. I started out with dump truck. Um, I was married at the time and you know, my husband and I had a little change to play with and I was like, okay. As the matriarch, you know, as the wife and as the mom, what, what, what can I do so that we can have a good quality of life? You know, we don't have to go to school for 20 years and we can make some decent money. And I was just was like, well, I'm going to just get a dump truck, you know. At the time, it's so ironic because I thought I was doing something to where I wouldn't have to work as hard. Okay. And so I ended up having to work five times as hard. Okay. Um, and just through that, you know, I just kept... I, sometimes I would win, sometimes I would lose, sometimes I'd break even. But even in my failures, I would just fail forward. You know, I'd just keep going. And um, I didn't I didn't start off saying, oh, I'm going to be a federal contractor. At the time, right. I didn't even know what it was. Right. I knew people were getting contracts, but um, I just, it just, you know, I was thinking about getting my truck on the road, like a lot of small businesses are. Okay. Um, and then I just started, you know, I would, I would get my paperwork, I would get my certifications. And I didn't even know what I was doing with them. You know, okay. I just, just did it because I knew that was the thing to do. Okay. Um, and then I just, I kept going. Once I had made about $500,000 for the year, I was like, okay, if I can make 500000 I can make a million. Right, right. Just how I have to make it. Because I was making great money, but I was pulling my hair out because <laughs> I had all the financial wherewithal. I had all the liability. I had a responsibility. I was paying for everything. So it's a lot on a small business to run just and operate every day. Right. Um, and just through different classes. And like I said, just, you know, I was turning over literally every rock and I was shaking every tree trying to figure out, okay, where's this money at? Where is right. this money coming from? Right. Once I understood conceptually where the money was at, then I could go get it. And so gotcha. that's what I do. I go get the money. Okay. So what, I mean, what made you just say, Let, let's just go get a dump truck. I mean, that's kind of like random. I mean, did you know anybody who owned a dump truck before? Um, like what made you even think about getting into this industry? I mean, it's just kind of like you wake up one day and like, all right, I'm gonna get a dump truck. Like, did you see anybody, nothing at all? You just kind of just thought about it no, and I went for it? I knew that people were building and I knew that like, you have to have dump trucks to build. Okay. A lot of us as black people, like you had a lot of white companies out here who've been in business for a hundred years because okay. they're third generation grandson. So in that regard, it's a lot easier for you to be 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, I'm working for my grandfather's construction company. Oh, I'm right. 25 years old managing a $10 million project. Well, that's not really the way we have to go about doing it. Um, even like just small things like bonding capacity for construction keeps a lot of us out because we don't have the credit. We don't have the financial, financial strength to be able to, you know, bond a million dollar project. So I was like, okay. I can skin this cat, but I can skin it a different way. I might can't do construction, but if I do transportation for construction, that puts me right next to construction. So mm. I didn't know anybody that was doing it. I really, like I said, I really called myself putting somebody else in a position to go do the work. Okay. In my mind, that's how it's supposed to work. I'm going to get a truck, just put somebody in it. Back okay. then it was like, oh, six. I'm like, oh, I'm paying $10 an hour, whatever. And it didn't really work that way. <laughs> it didn't really okay. work that way for me. Okay. Um, eventually it did. But that's just kind of how my mindset was. Like, um, we would have these conversations, my, my ex-husband and I, and I would be like, if we could own a natural resource, we would never be broke. Mm. Well, you don't have enough money to get into oil, really. You know, you could do real estate, but I mean, you know, you can't own the air, you can't own the oceans. So you got to kind of get next to something that, or, or you know, um, provide something, right. a service or product. Something that's compatible people, with, yeah, with those that things. Yeah, people just can't live without. So right. transportation is a huge thing. Like right now, everything in this house came either by plane, barge, or truck. That's a fact. Anything at your house, you know? That's a fact. So it just, and it's funny because I'm only thinking about it right now because you don't really think about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, damn, that was a, a real profound, you know, decision I made. At it was. It was. A hundred percent. That's why I'm like, man, like usually, you know, somebody has some family members, you know, maybe their father, their grandfather, and, and they have some type of transition into it to even think about getting into the industry, especially us, you know, because this industry isn't really marketed to us. You know, it, it is a lot more now. But, you know, in 2006, it definitely was. Nobody was really thinking about that on a, on a grand scale. So it's interesting that you, you, you had that kind of foresight to see where things were going. So that so that's dope. 
So, so previously to that, did you have any other entrepreneurship experience before starting the, uh, the dump truck business and getting that first truck? Oh yeah, absolutely. When I was 15, I had some vending machines. I convinced um, Mr. Peters and this older gentleman in my neighborhood. I don't know what, I don't, I can't even tell you, like I've always been very resourceful as a young girl. Like when okay. I was 14, 15, I wanted to work. And my mom was like, look, if you want to work, you're going to have to figure that shit out on your own. <laughs> right, right. Own. So like I was told no a lot young. Okay. And so back then we didn't have um, the internet like that. I mean, the internet had just came out, but it wasn't like household to household. We were still on pay phones. We didn't have cell phones. So a lot of when I would call and try to get things done, and I was so used to hearing no, I just, my mind could not compute a no. Mm. I, and I was, I was like 15. Wow. So I would call and try to get jobs and do this and do that. So my finesse game, I can't even really call it finesse because it's just, it wasn't really finesse. It was just, I wasn't taking no for an answer. Right. I've always been that way. So I don't know how I talk Mr. Peterson. Into, now, mind you, I'm 15. Mr. Peterson, like 70. <laughs> okay. So okay. I was dealing with, um, you know, I was doing music and I used to go to the studio all the time. And I was like, Mr. Peterson, can I get two of your vending machines? Okay. And he's like, yep, I'll put them in the studio for you. So for $25 a month per vending machine, so I was paying $50 a month. I'm like 15, filling this vending machine up. I would literally be in the studio. I'll call up my friends. They come pick me up. We'd be riding around doing whatever. And then I just go re-up, you know, get my money. And then was was, you know, crumpled, but it was <laughs> it was still valuable. Right. So 15, you making, you know, two, three hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And I'm not having to be there to make the money. That really just appealed to me at a young age. Right. So my mindset has kind of always been like, okay, I'm not about to do this. So right, like, okay, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And so for the years it just cultivated. I thought really at 25 I would be retired. I really thought I would. Okay. Okay. That was your mindset. That was my mindset. I mean, it didn't happen that way. But to be honest with you, like, I don't really work hard day to day. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not retired, but I have a retired kind of lifestyle. Right. Know? Right. And that's due to how I work, you know? Got you. Got you. So where, where are you from? Did you, I don't know if you mentioned where you're from. Where, where, what? I'm from Virginia. Okay. Okay. Virginia. So you said 15, you were in the music. What kind of music were you doing? Were you, were you, were you rapping, singing? Studios. I was just singing. Like, you know, that's been a strong, I mean, people that know me, like Pharrell is my cousin and I don't had a couple songs out. So people know like, oh, she can sing. Oh, she had a music career. Okay. Um, so that kind of, you know, was the first thing. And then business was just kind of right neck and neck. So I just did, did, did you ever put any, any records out? Anything like that? Oh yeah. I put music out. I, oh I, yeah. And I, I, I'm a beast. I'm a music matters artist. I've been on MTV. I've been on BET. I done done a couple of things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's dope. So, so when you transitioned into that entrepreneurship at 15 years old, what are some, what are some lessons that you learned early? Um, that kind of, that, that you've kind of you taken with you that, that still help you to this day. Like what are some of the lessons you started learning then in entrepreneurship? The first, the first lesson is just work smarter. Like a lot of these sayings we hear people say, it's just like cliche sayings. Mm -hmm. You never miss your water till your well runs dry, you know, <laughs> but really they are like mantras. You know, I really do not work hard just in general. I just don't like when people ask me different things and they're like, why don't you go buy a truck? Why don't you? I'm like, what? Go buy what? I'm not doing, I don't do it like that no more. Right. I'll go hire somebody that has a fleet of trucks before I'll go buy my own truck. Mm. If I go buy my own, then that means I got to go back to work. I got insurance. I got to deal with drivers. I got to deal with gas. I got to do, I don't want to do that. Mm, got but you. the average person doesn't really know that you can do business on this level and you can put a company like a uh, Landstar or like, you know, Walmart or Amazon, you put them to work for you. Let them go do it. They're more mm. capable. They have more money. They've been doing it longer. They're better at it. Let them do it. Got you, got you, got you. That's interesting. So, so I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still building your story. So bear with me a little bit. That's just what I do. I like to kind of just feel everything. All right. So, so 15, you're, you're doing your music, um, rapping, singing, so forth and so on. Music matters, BT, all that. So you actually have a, a real career. Yeah. Um, and then you get into the vending machine. So when did you stop doing your music? Like when did, when did, at what point did you say, you know what, music is really not for me. Let me start moving into business. I've never, I, I still haven't said that. Like okay. the stuff I'm talking about with MTV and BET is like about eight years ago. Cause okay. my daughter. So music has never really left. It, it ain't gonna leave. It ain't gonna leave. Okay. Like I wouldn't be surprised if I end up doing something again. Um, it just, it'll, it'll circle around and I might be doing and it'll come back. And then I might, you know, and it'll just, it, it never goes anywhere. You know, gotcha. I've been doing gotcha. it for too long. So 
I'm it, open, you know. To, it's it's, to it's a pa- it's a passion. It's always gonna be. Oh, there. it's not gonna go nowhere. Like even on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I don't really like go out out, but you can find me a little karaoke, little Mexican spot. Right. Because I gotta get it out. You know what I mean? Okay. 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 Dope. All right. So so after we do the vending machines, what's what's your next business? What do we do after that? Then I'm like 19, 20, and I'm like out every night partying with like my group of friends. And it's okay. like one guy, and it's like this is two girls, me and this other girl. Okay. And so one night we go to this after hours bar and like the bouncer, we go to this place every weekend. So the bouncer is like, he's shitting on us at the door. Okay. So we go out to eat after and I'm like, yo, let's just do our own thing. Like, we don't got to do this. Like, I know you got the money. You know what I mean? I'm going to help you. Da, da, da. He's like, all right, Kate, let's do it. Right. So every weekend we would go to New York and we would start going to like the shoe, um, the shoe showroom. Um, we would hit Canal. We would hit uh, just all the different spots. And we literally started putting together this shoe store. Now, this is like in... Shoot, this is like in 2000. Okay. You know what I mean? So okay. this is like, it's a very high-end shoe store. I've got like the Art Miami Deco style. And this is in Virginia Beach where I live at. We don't right, even right, have right. like this here. Okay. We got lip chairs, the <laughs> high heel chairs. I mean, it was very Art Deco. It was it was very before its time. What was the name of the store? Sugar Heels. Sugar Heels. Okay, dope. All we right. Get a little um song for it and everything. Okay. And we did that for a while, and we were really successful at it. Um, and then I kind of we closed that down, and then um and then I got into trucking. Okay. Okay. Dope. All right. So Sugar Heels. We do the shoe store. Then you wake up one day. You're like, all right, listen, I'm, I got to do something different. I got to do something a, a need based business that I know is not going nowhere. I'm gonna get a dump truck. All right, so so tell tell me about th- those first steps for somebody who's interested in getting into the dump truck world. I mean, obviously you started a, a long time ago, so so things have changed a little bit. But um, mindset wise, what were some of your first steps when you st- first started? You know, getting into this industry. First, did you drive? Or, or did you, you didn't drive the truck, did you? Oh, but oh, contrary, I'm afraid. <laughs> you did drive the truck. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. So let, yeah. let, let let's let's talk about it. So first thing, you went and got your CDL. The first thing I did was I was working a full-time job at that point. I was doing nursing. Okay. So like I'm literally at my patient's house every day, like calling the insurance company. Um, I think the first thing I did was I went and applied for a permit. Okay. Because I was like, okay, it doesn't make sense to have a vehicle and nobody knows how to drive it. So I went and I took the, I, and I didn't go to school or anything. I just went to DMV, which you still can do. I got okay. the CDL book. I studied it. Okay. And I took the test. Okay. I passed the test. So with the test, you get your permit. Right. And you can then drive with your permit as long as, you know, somebody has a license in the truck. So that's the first thing I did. I went and got okay. my, my permit. Okay. Uh, I went and bought the truck, got my insurance and everything. And then I hired this guy, right? He was like in his 60s or whatever. But he was living in my truck, like all his clothes and okay. like all his stuff. Okay. So that wasn't going to work. Um, that wasn't I, the ori- original arrangement, was it? For, hell no, for I just it wasn't even like I had a tractor bag and I had a dump truck. A sleeper, sleeper. right? He's living yeah, in Yeah, you can't in live in a two-thing. <laughs> like, and I would go to the truck and be like, what the hell? So that wasn't going to work. I got rid of him. I hired somebody else. And I remember, okay. like, I was I was it because I was on my businesswoman stuff, too, still. And I would, like, be having dinner and, you know, lunch with people during the course of the day. Well, somebody calls me one day and they're like, yo, I'm quitting. Your truck is in Portsmouth. I'm leaving it here. I ain't taking it back to the yard. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Wow. So I went to um, some friends of mine. They were doing trucking too, and they have like a mechanic. It's not a mechanic shop, but they're like mechanics that just kind of do it on their own property. Okay. But so one day I had on my little Parasuco jeans, my little heels, and I walked up there and I'm like, can one of y'all please teach me how to drive? Yo, they <laughs> laughed me off the lot. Like, what you gonna do? I'm like, oh, you don't know me. Right. So I think a day or two later, I found this other guy to ride with me he had a license so literally he my first day like a matter of fact it was that weekend he took me out that sunday and taught me how to like run through the gears and how to do all that i had it in like an hour i had it and then that monday i was on the road working he came to me you know he came to work with me okay okay so like that first week i just was hot paying people to like yo come ride with me come ride with me come ride with me and that's how i got involved Got you. All right. So, so when you first got started out, tell me about some of your failures. Like what are some of the learning experiences that you had during that first year? I know you had a bunch of them. Talk to us about that. Okay. As long as you need be about only failures. Okay. I I love failures. I love failures. Talk to me. So initially I almost killed myself because you're doing dump truck, but people don't realize 
anywhere there's construction where the ground has to be leveled off and cleared, that's where a truck is going to go. So when you see these big ramps and stuff on right. um, interstates, right, like the huge mounds and stuff, but you got a toll road running over it, like I was, you got to back up on that. Okay. So you're you're backing up, and I almost literally like this was like the first week I almost went off the side. Wow. Like, like I couldn't even get out of the truck because the they had to hook me up to a um to the bobcat to pull me off, and I had to. I had to steer the wheel in the direction that I looked like I was going to fall off. Cause you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. It's right. Very tricky. Right. Um, mostly it was mechanical things. Cause like I said, I was out there every day doing it. So I would be looking at other women drivers and I'd be like, damn, how they stay so clean. <laughs> Another big uh, mistake I made was I bought my first truck was like $80,000. So the note on my truck was like $2,200 every month. Okay. Back then I was probably spending like $600 a week on fuel, another 600 on insurance. And that truck was a piece of crap. Mm. So the person that I took with me was a driver. He wasn't a mechanic. And that was a huge mistake because I think that first year I made like $76,000. Now you're talking about 06. Okay. 19,000 of it was spent on repairs. Wow. So wow. even though I was able to gross, you know, I had almost hit $100,000 as, you know, I ain't know nothing about this mess. It just was like, I wasn't thinking about all the little nuances of, you know, your truck, this, that. So those were like some huge mistakes that ended up costing me later. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I mean, just stuff like that, um, buying the wrong kind of vehicle. I had bought a dump truck that was actually a tractor that was converted into a dump truck. Biggest okay. mistake ever. Don't ever do that. Okay. So that was something I did. Um, it was mainly just stuff like that in the beginning. Okay. Did, did, did you ever feel like quitting? No, it never, it never crossed. It, it's never crossed my mind to ever quit. Sometimes I'm like, yo, you're out of your mind. And like, what are you doing? Right. And like, what the hell are you doing? Right, right, like, right. Like, it never crossed my mind to quit because I just, from being so, being so young, just dealing with a bunch of no's just had me in the mindset of, no, this is what I'm doing. Mm. I don't care if you say no. Mm. I'm going to find a yes. I'm going to find somebody that's going to give it to me. I'm going to go around you. I'm going to go over top of you. I'm going to dig a tunnel underneath you. Like, that is truly my mindset. Right. So right. no's just never crossed my mind because like I ain't come this far to just come this far. You know what right. I mean? Right, right, for sure. So every time I get a little farther, I'd be like, all right, well shit, I must got farther to go because I wouldn't be here if this was the end of the story, you know? No doubt. What 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 keeps you so motivated like that to be able to continue to keep on being being so resilient and keep on thriving and pushing forward? What what, what do you pull from? I just I haven't even started yet. Like mm. I don't even feel like I've really started doing the work. You know what I mean? Like you start off one way and I'm thinking this is just about business. Okay. Through my trials and my era and, you know, things that I've gone through, I just see it as so much bigger than that. And it's almost like your DNA starts to unlock. As okay. you get to this stage, something unlocks and then you're like, no, nah, I got to keep going. And then right. you get here and then you're like, but damn, what are these women doing? So <laughs> your platform just grows, you know what I mean? And your mindset just changes according to what you see, things you've been through. You know, I'm 39. So I'm okay. not no spring chicken out here. I mean, you know, she's she's wrong. <laughs> but you know, I'm not 25. I'm not 20. Right. I'm not. I'm almost really not even 30 no more. So right. my mind just, you know, DNA unlocks, and now it's about, well, damn, what do these women do who mm. don't make the money I make, but mm. need to take care of these babies? Right. You know, for me personally, I'm divorced. My husband don't take care of his kids. You know, okay. and so that's the thing. You know right. what I mean? Right. That's the thing. You know, are we gonna talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it. So for me. Just being able to live the way I live, um, travel how I travel, um, just bring awareness to it will be so much of a benefit to other black women, other black men, other minorities, because it's not like we really can depend on each other the way our grandparents depended on each other. We really can't do that. Anymore. Right. I mean, right. You might want to, but that ain't really how it's going. So in the end, these babies are left to the mercy of, you know, how, how much money can your mother make? Right, right. That's the, that's the best life she's going to have for you according to how much money she can make. For sure. For and that's sure. sad. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. Money is out here every day. It's flying all across us. It's, it's, it's under the bottom of our feet. It's going across our eyes. It's going across. I mean, everything is money. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's the mindset, your mindset kind of got to change to be able to see that. And that's what I hope to be able to, you know, help people um, understand. Dope. Interesting. I like that. So what, what, speaking, speaking of women, what do you, what do you think about women, um, you know, these days just th thriving in business, especially in the trucking business? Like what, 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 what's your take on that? Whew. I think it's 
great. I mean, I say it's great, but I also know the mm, tenacity and the fearlessness it takes to really sit at a table and go to war with men over money. Right. Like ideally, you know, I was married for nine years. We were together for 12. And initially, well, all throughout, I mean, my husband really took care of us financially. So I didn't even have to do nothing. You know what I mean? Okay. All I had to do was literally wake up. Okay. But I decided to take the initiative and go do something for our family, you know, just over here. But I mean, even now, like that is cultivated in me because it's not my first mind to want to sit and go back and forth with you over money. Just as right. a woman, that ain't what I want to do. You right. know what I, mean? I want right. to raise my kids. I want to be happy. I want to be loved. I want to tan. I want to look pretty. So <laughs> me arguing with you all goddamn week or all goddamn year about money is not what I want to do. Right. But even that, now I'm like, okay, what's up? Right, right, what, right. I ain't doing that. Right. Even being able to do it, but stay at, staying out of my feelings about it. Because mm -hmm. even like this last contract, you know, there are some challenges to where like two weeks ago, I was really weighing it heavily. Like it was taking a toll on my physical body. Mm -hmm. So even now, like as I'm learning and I'm navigating, I'm just doing different things, being able to look certain situations in the face and not have feelings about it. You know what I mean? Like really understanding that, yeah, this is business. Right. It's war. Right. You can't get in your feelings about somebody else's ethics or lack thereof. Right, That's right. still something that, because, you know, in my day-to-day, -day, I'm a woman. Yeah, I'm yeah. walking around with my children, so it's about ethics for me. It's about morality. It's about principles. Well, everybody doesn't carry that same, you know, value system in business. Yeah. Um. So that's something that I'm still, you know, that's still being cultivated in me now. Um, mm. Huge, you know. Just men deal with men, women. Men deal with men entirely different than they deal with women. Right. And like you tell a person that, and they'd be like, "Oh, whatever." But it's true. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. very true. Like I might have to say something twice, where he got to say it once. Okay. Or if he show up, he's treated different, especially showing up looking like this. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. It it just it hit different. You know what I got mean? Got you. So, got you. Just standing in who I am and how I am, and getting it done, getting it negotiated, and just not being in my feelings about it. You know what I mean? Mm. Got you. I mean, that's the thing, you know, you, people aren't, people are not decent. You think at this level, people would be decent and they're not, they get even more fucking greedy and, you know, sneaky. Yeah. So that's still something that I'm working on, you know, to this day. For sure. And do you feel like, do you feel like the, that impacts your bottom line, uh, you know, be, being a woman and being a black woman, especially, or do you feel like you're able to navigate away from that to where you're still able to do what you got to do? Or do you feel like you, you, you could be bigger or, or, you, you know what I mean? Like, does it, does it impact your business? It impacts your business because I'm out here by myself. So that's okay. just period. You know what I mean? Like I was saying earlier, I didn't have a grandfather that just, you know, I, 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 I rolled on over into this or, you know, every brick of this company I've laid myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Whether Dope. somebody was helping me or they left and it was just me or three people was there or how many, you know, when it all falls down, like it's me on the line. Right. So just that by itself makes your bottom line a little different because your bottom line varies. You know what I mean? You could be up one day, you could be hell, flat on your face the next, you could be right. somewhere in the middle. You know, so it's it was it was to a point where it was constantly, you know, kind of wavering. Now right. with these government contracts, it's different because you actually have contracts that are in place. So I teach people about all this hustle, hustle, hustle. We are just messing this song. This shit is not cool. Like getting <laughs> up every day, don't know how many sales you're gonna have, don't know if you're gonna have enough to to get your rent money, you know, that kind of stuff is not that's not how companies do projections. Right. That's not how you can tell where you're going to be in 10 years. You know, the Chinese do it generationally. They know by the next generation where they're going to be at. Right. We don't even know the next three years what it's going to be looking like. So yeah, yeah, 100%. A saving grace, you know, like when I really lost a lot of money, my contracts kicked in and like nine days after my contracts kicked in, I wasn't, I'm not gonna say I was back on top because I had suffered, you know, some loss during the months I lost my money, but I was able to bounce back a lot quicker than the average person be could because you know you sit with sixty seventy thousand dollars in your account in nine days mm. you know what i mean people don't really get those types of hits right so for me it was just you know making making it work you know surviving another day and um i just hope to now you know really be able to teach people that and hope you know that they grasp it because it's really a different type of it's really just a different type of business you know what okay. i mean it's, okay it's just like business on tennis
Got you. Got you. So would you say that, um, like, so, so after your first year, you, you had all the failures, you had all the learning experiences. Um, would you say that once you got the contracts, that's when you kind of got in your zone? Like, that's when you started, like, you know, knowing what you were doing and really starting to thrive in business? Like, when, when would you say was that time when, okay, now I got this? It's, you know what I mean? I, 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 I know my niche. I know what I do. I'm ready to kind of move forward and start building that. I don't ever feel like that. Okay. I don't ever feel like that. I feel like I know what I'm doing in terms of I know where to come get this money from. Okay. But because of the nature of how federal contracting works, you don't just do one thing. You do a lot of different things. But you okay. offer the government as much shit as you possibly can offer them. So by doing that, these contracts are so different that it's like, you know, I got some contracts for snow removal. I got some for transportation. I got some for bus transportation. I got have so many different ones for different things that I'm constantly learning because they're all so different. Got you. you. Know what I mean? So you Got never you. really like. I don't think you ever really fully master anything. You know mm. what I mean? Life okay. is not really even set up like life gonna test you just so you can get to the next skill set. Anyway, that's why right. we have all this crap happening to us now. It ain't because oh, life hates you. It's to really show you who you are and what you got inside of you. That can't that's nobody can me otherwise. That's a um, fact. So, you know, would I have much rather prefer to be a housewife? Hell yeah! Like sign <laughs> me up. You know what I mean? But apparently, my acumen you know, is a little stronger than that. No right. disrespect to anybody that's a housewife, because, I mean, that's work too, but apparently I'm supposed to be out here in the front line teaching people what I do. Got you. Oh, so, you know, you. It's, just, it's constantly a learning process. Constantly. So let's talk about the federal contracts. How did you get introduced to that, that, that whole world? Okay, so a friend of mine, I really can't, well, he, I guess you could call him a friend, like an associate. He was doing contracting on the state level, because you can contract to your city, your state, or the federal government. And he would be like, Casey, get, you don't need to be out here with these trucks, man. You're too pretty, man. Just go manage a construction project or whatever. Now, at the time he's saying this, like I said, I got three dump trucks at the time. All okay. the notes was like 1800 apiece. I got insurance. I got drivers. So I hear what he's saying, but my allegiance is to my bills every month. And okay. that's what I find with a lot of people I deal with. It's like they hear me, but they're also in the, the back and forth of what they have going on month to month. So it wasn't really a thing for me. Like, I was like, okay, I heard you talking about, but mm, I'm doing it, you know? Right, right. I actually took a class. I had won a scholarship. And this is through your small business, your local resources. Every city and state has them. Just go Google um, small business resources. Or okay. Small procurement for minorities. Okay. I ended up winning a scholarship to go to UVA for two weeks um, with the Department of Transportation. They do it every year. It's like a project management institute where through their business college, they bring in all the engineers for the Department of Transportation. And you sit in this class for two weeks from eight in the morning to 10 at night to just, I know what the hell I was doing. I was just like, okay, let me go. Okay. And I sat, and first of all, I was the only black woman in the class. Wow. I was the only business owner in the class. Everybody wow. else is engineers. Wow. That so says a lot. People, yeah, that says a lot. The who, they're the people who make the turn around turnabouts in the street the traffic patterns and all that stuff is based on you know a science okay so i'm sitting in there and i'm like okay i don't even know really, really why i'm here but fucking i'm here <laughs> right i'm glad i went because i literally saw where all of the money for all these projects comes from okay it comes from the federal government <laughs> right 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 so it's like you know even it take two weeks out of your schedule to go sit at some business college. I mean, who really want to do that? But I'm so thankful that I did because I, I really got to see, damn, this is where all the money is coming from. Mm. Once I seen that, I was like, oh, okay. Now I know where to go get it. Okay. So that was kind of my first. That opened your eyes to everything. That opened my eyes. And then the next part was like application. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Okay. So, so, so talk about it. So how, how long after that class did you start actually hitting the ground? Like, listen, I'm going to do this. I was already in the process. I had okay. already, I was already doing my, I talk a lot about 8A certifications. 8A certification is just a, it's just a certification for um, minority companies to where the government can just give you contracts for nine years. Okay. So when I did that scholarship, I was telling you about, I was in the middle, I was at the end actually of doing my 8A paperwork. Again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Okay. I just told me like, that's what you should get. And I, I did all the paperwork myself. Um, and so I was actually at the end of, the, of that program when I, well, the end of the certification for that certification, um, when I did the scholarship. So it's, it just kind of was all coming together. Okay. Anyways, I didn't really like know what I was, you know, going to run into or. Right. Again, I just, I've always kind of be 
forward thinking in whatever I'm doing. You know, like if you if you got a grocery store, you need to get with the grocery store associations. If you, there you go. Air, you need to get. So I was just getting associated with what I felt like could help me, not even knowing what I was really doing. Right, right. Okay, dope. So talk to me about your first federal contract. How, how was that experience? My first federal contract came, it, it came very easy. And this is what I teach people all the time in my, in my program. Get in now, September and October. September is the end of the fiscal year, the end of September. However, because it's, it's government contracts, there's some aftermath and there's some fallout, you know, behind that. I got my first three contracts in two weeks because mm. I was a black woman mm. and I was, um, I had my hat in the ring. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So it was like nothing. I got the first two. I got the first one. And they came back and gave me the second one. Then I got the third one. And then the first two, they actually went up about $100,000. Um, they came back and gave me more work off those two. So those two, I'm looking at $260,000 in five months. Mm. Mm. And I have to do nothing else for the rest of the year if I want to. That's crazy. And and how what, what was your fleet like at that at that point? You, I didn't you, have a fleet. At that you time, just had I, just I just yourself at this point. Oh, okay. Truck. I sold okay. all my trucks. Okay. So now this is like me making money off of some uh, somebody else. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so this is for snow removal. Okay. It starts in November. It ends in April. So literally on those on those bases, I have two hours to have my guys go out there, and that's what they do. So when it's about the snow, they know the snow is coming. So they clock okay. in the weather too. So they're like, you know, we need to go out there. So they don't, they ready to go. You know what I mean? So the facility will call me. I'll text them. They'll be there in two hours. They do what they need to do. They might go back that morning. They might go back several times that weekend and they'll just invoice me. I invoice the government and I make more than they make when they go out there and do it. So I wow. might be looking at seventy, eighty thousand dollars in two days worth of work. Wow, that's crazy. So so does it work like I mean, are you do they just send you an email or are you reaching out to a specific contact? Like, how are they communicating these contracts to you? Like, especially like those first three you were, you were, you were speaking of. Like, how did you, did, did they just send you information you were just waiting for? Like, how'd that whole thing happen? How'd that No, literally, like I'm saying, like at the end of the year, they have all this money to give away. Mm -hmm. You know, they have like quotas. So if they haven't given away this money by a certain time, they're not going to get it for next year. Okay. So they are frantic right now trying to find people to staff these jobs. So just, let's wow. just say, one agency has $350 million to give away. Okay. $350 million to give away is not that easy. Okay. Really right. Not. Like it is, but to make sure it's going to a reputable company who can get the job done, it's not really all that, you know, easy. So right. when they call me, I never turn down anything they offer me. I okay. never say, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. I ain't do no snow removal. Right. Like, God damn it. My ass did it. And, and that's the contract I've had now, but this is the third year I've had it. Wow. So I never say no. Um, and they like literally, again, they're always looking for, they have certain set-asides that they have to fill based on the requirements. So those requirements were set aside for a woman-owned company. Okay. But I do very well because a lot of women-owned companies don't offer as many, I'm going to say, man kind of related um, services as they could. Okay. So when they're looking for somebody in this area or along this coast or whatever, who's got codes for construction, who's in the 8A program, who's a woman-owned person, I pop up. Got you. When they call got me, you. I don't say no. Got you. So it's got like win-win, you. you know what I mean? Got you, got you. Okay, so, because I, I think we skipped a part, like, because you said that you said there's a point where you sold all your trucks, yeah. right? Okay, so what did you build your fleet to before you sold your trucks? How, like, you, you started building, you started with the one, you, you got multiple trucks, you started having employees. Talk to me about that a little bit, and then you sold all yeah. your trucks. And Why did you make the decision to sell all your trucks? So first I went from, I had about three dump trucks and I was like, okay, this is cool. But every time it rains, I can't make no money. Okay. Cereal is too heavy to carry. Okay. My friend was like, well, why don't you just get into tractor trailers? So I was like, okay, cool. I did that for a while. I ended up growing that fleet from one to five. Okay. So I kept scaling up. One thing about me is it don't take long for me to see when and where I need to make adjustments. Okay. Small business, that's a huge um, incentive because you don't have 12 people to get together. Like if it's just you and one other person, you're like, okay, this ain't working. Let's do this. Okay. So able to make quick adjustments. So the minute I saw something wrong, right, or I ain't like how something was going, I'm like, nope, I'm trying this. A lot of people are scared to stop what they're doing and to mm. try something. If it's not working, why you keep doing it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. I right. hear you guys talk about they pulling containers, pulling containers. Containers is a volume game. Right. So you got to pull a lot of containers to make what I'm gonna make off of in one, you know, regular flatbed load. Got so you. People, I just, I just kept making adjustments. So everywhere I saw, mm, I don't like this. I go try that. 
And I, I eventually started doing specialty uh, freight. So I would do um, 25 foot wide impellers and ducts and all kind of stuff. So I'm making $5,500 to go 80 miles. Okay. Whereas you pull in a container, you know how many containers you got to pull to make $5,500? So, <laughs> right, a, a whole lot. <laughs> a whole lot. So I had specialty trailers like stretch 53 drops. I had stretch flatbeds. I had like specialty trailers. So I grew my fleet to five tractors and five trailers. And then I was like, okay, this is too much. I'm getting into this contract and I'm just selling all my stuff. Okay. And that's how I made the transition. Okay. Okay. Dope. So at that time, was it um, just you? Did you have employees? Did you have like yeah. a staff? I had, um, I had five drivers and you know, I had gas, I had repairs. I had, you know, they was messing stuff up. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. They was going to jail on the road. I mean, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Rolling truck. I mean, anything that really could happen to you yeah. on the road has happened to me. Like, right. it just has. You know what I mean? Got and you. Another reason why I was like, I got to get the hell out of this because it's just, it's too brutal. You know what I mean? Got you. Got you. Okay. So now, now you sell, sell, sell all the trucks, get rid of all the equipment, and now you, you but you're still able to um, get these contracts, right? So now you're basically, you're, you're getting the contracts and now you're finding other um, owner operators to do the work. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah. So like I was saying, the first three contracts were for snow removal. So it wasn't any owner operators. I'm finding like people that do snow removal. Right. Right. It's a foreign concept to me too. I'm, I'm only used to truckers and truckers. Right. Right. I'm not really thinking like, damn, you really can make money off of snow I removal. Yeah, you, I make money off everything I do. Like a Dodge Ram pickup truck with a, with a, with a snow remover on it. I don't What's even that? know what the his <laughs> look like. I've never seen him in person. Cause I've never been to the facility. Wow. Okay. I'm literally making money off of somewhere. I don't even leave my house. I don't wow. even leave my bed. I'm telling you, like, it's crazy. Now, my other contract, I have to be a little bit more involved. Okay. But it don't matter. Like, I don't got to go do it every day. You know what right. I mean? Even if I right. got to up the new scene once a month. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. This this is amazing stuff. All right. So, tell me about this $5.5 million contract that, that, like I said, when I first heard about you, what 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 was that? How'd that come about? Same way. Um, through my AA certification, I had, the government had put out a notice back in, like, May that they were looking for um, a prompt to do a, a transportation contract. Okay. So I, I threw my hat in the ring. I responded. Um, it wasn't an actual proposal yet then. It wasn't a solicitation. It was just, this. we just want some information. Okay. So for anybody that knows anything about the government, they move how they move. Like they might ask you for some information about something and then six months later say, okay, you got two days to give me pricing. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. So they came back and they said, okay, y'all gave us information about this uh, solicitation we have out. Um, we want you guys to come schedule a capability briefing, which is just, it just means a meeting, bring your capability statement, tell us about, you know, tell us how you're going to do the job, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, okay. okay. I'll come up on Thursday. The following day they came back and they said, nope, we canceling all the meetings. You got two days to do this job and we set it aside for 8A. When, when I heard them say they were setting aside for 8A, I knew it was mine. I just knew it was mine. Mm. And so I gave them pricing. I only had two days, so I had to actually go to the email where all the companies were listed. It was only like five of us. Cause I didn't have, they needed buses to bus these kids to school. Well, I don't have buses. Cause again, this is something new for me. I'm only used wow. to doing, you know. Right, right, right. I found one of the companies on the email. I called them up, I said, hey, you saw this email the government sent out, right? He said, yeah, I saw it. I said, well, are you gonna bid it? He was like, no, I don't got enough buses. I said, okay, went to the next company. Um, asked them, I was like, you know, you, you saw this, the, the notice come out. He said, yeah, I saw it. I said, are you gonna bid it? He said, no, I'm not gonna bid it. I said, well you know, you want to do it together? Like, I'll do it. And you give me the buses. Mm. He agreed. I was in DC the following week. I got his pricing. I turned it in and I won. Wow. So many opportunities out there that people are sleeping on, man. It's it's crazy. Like, oh, you, like you, snow removal, bus contracts. Like you said, pe people, people think of the typical things that, you know, everybody talks about, but there's so much other things out there. Wow. All right. That, that, that's crazy. All right. So, the compass circle. Mm -hmm. What is the compass circle? <laughs> so the compass circle is basically, um, it's just a, we do consulting, we do mentoring. We're just bringing awareness to small business to just do exactly what we just talked about. Um, to teach us how to get these contracts, to teach us how to work smarter and not harder, to teach us about certifications, to teach us that there's money right in your state. The mm. lines on the road, that's a contract. The right. Street lights, that's a contract. The signs right. on the highway, that's a contract. So 
It's like literally this money is around us. Anything you see with your eyes, you can make money from. Right. It's just the way, like you might um, sell curtains. Well, why don't you sell your curtains to, you know, the Department of Interior to go uh, in interior design their offices? Okay. You know? So instead of you trying to sell two panels to one person, I'm now selling a thousand to one agency. You see what I'm saying? Got you. Got Our you. Our minds are not really thinking that way because we don't know that this thing exists. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, and, and, and for me, whew, I'm tell you something. When I go to these meetings and these conferences and stuff, I never see anybody that looks like me. Mm. I'm talking about the whole everything. Hoops, right. Earrings, nose earrings, <laughs> right, nails, right, right. red lipstick. Right, I never right, see right. this. Right. I'm off the shoulder. I'll never see none of that. Right. Like the one Indian lady, the older black lady, and it's always white men. Mm. Even for myself. It could be very intimidating walking into a room of 60 people and nobody looks like you. Yeah, for sure. So I was tired of that. So I was like, okay, mm-mm. And then the way they explain things, like they explain things very from a very technical standpoint. And like for me, when I first started, I was like, oh my God, I ain't gonna be this. Like, I can't do this. And just right. little by little by little, I, I you know, got, a, I got familiar. But for me, even the way that I explain this, like nobody else is explaining what I'm explaining, how I'm explaining it, looking like this, breaking it down to you, breaking down the conception versus the technicalities. Right. We can learn the definitions later. Yeah, for sure. You need to understand the magnitude of what you're really involved in. So for me, it's just about representation. Somebody standing there looking like you that understands your struggles, that knows what you're going through, that knows it's hard for you to get money, that knows it's hard for you to get um, lending and bonding. I know all that stuff. I know right. So right. if I can go and help it, you know, help it be easier for you, that's what we do at the Compass Circle. Got you. So is it is it mostly like your flagship is mostly consulting? Is there a course? Like how, how does that work? Like what I'll are the- we do everything. There's a mentorship program. We help you with your cap- we do your capability statements, your websites for you. We help you with your certifications, um, classes, webinars, live question and answers. Um, I'm being in Houston. Actually, I'm leaving today. And we're going to hold a class out there just for small business owners. Instead of, instead of it taking you 10 years of just philandering around, right? you could get to this money in two, three years. I've only <laughs> been doing this for two years and I already have a five and a half million dollar contract. No doubt. I was doing transportation for 13 years. Right, right. All I ever made was 500000 Right. So you, you know what I'm saying? Just like, a, a, a mindset shift has changed just everything. Just a mindset shift. And now propelling me forward, now that I have 5.5, it's a lot easier for them to come to me and say, oh, she's woman, she's black, she's an 8A. Oh, she's got $5 million, she's doing that successfully. Oh, give her 12. Right. Oh, it sets you up for the next seven years. I'm going to be getting this money. You no know doubt. what I mean? No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Forever, ever. Forever. <laughs> so, so in, 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 in opening up the compass circle and starting to work with people, what are the, some of the, what are some of the things you've learned about people and what are some things you've learned about yourself through mentoring others? Mm. Um, just the awareness part for people. Like they just don't know what they don't know. Like you literally don't know what you don't know. And people say, what you don't know, what's the saying? What you don't know can't hurt you. Right. You don't know can hinder the hell out your ass, though. <laughs> right, right, you right. You don't know what keep you in the same loop forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, that, I would say that's, and then, like, we try to do too many things. Like, I talk to a lot of people in one part, you know, they're like, oh, I got a barbershop or I got a daycare. Oh, I'm opening up a cupcake shop. I'm like, what the hell? What? <laughs> you, you know, you don't always have to keep, you don't have to, for federal contracting, you just open up one company and that's it. Under right. that, that one company, you can do 29 different things if you want. Right. Instead of opening up three different companies. You know what I mean? Right. I know that. Right. Um, what it has taught me, though, is it's very necessary. You know what I mean? Just from my presence alone, just from consultations that I have with people or people in my mentoring program, just getting people registered in SAMS. It's just that just me showing up, even if, even if they never get a contract but I've shifted something in your mind. You might go off and do something else. You might use the same algorithm just in a different format. Mm. Um, just being a, a, a vessel, just being here, just being, just talking to you. Somebody's going to hear this and it's going to set something off in their mind. So yeah, I can't lose. You know what I mean? For sure. Whether you get a contract, whether you get something else, whether you go teach somebody else, it's all like a ripple effect. Um, and then too, what I'm learning about myself is that I am a, this internet thing is cool, but I'm, I'm going more in the direction of television, you know? Okay. okay. The internet is, 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 it can be a little wild 
And, um, you know, I don't really do wild. You know a, 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 little, a little messy, you're saying, kind of, sort of? It could be a little, you know, weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And I'm not really with the weird energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here to do a job. This is my assignment. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but I've also just learned that I need my personal space and my personal time. Um, I ain't really, I'm not going to say I'm really all that private. You know what I mean? Like, people that know me, I am who I am. But I don't like to sit on the internet all day. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't really do a bunch of lives. And you know what I mean? I don't really do that. Got um, you. So it just makes me appreciate my personal life more. Um, even my mom, she's like, you know, this person, we had a stalker and this person was making these fake pages about my mom and my kids. And my mom was like, uh-uh. Mm. And I'm like, well, you want to get used to it. You know what mm. I mean? Right. So right. just to take a step back for me, it's very important to me. Um, just my, my private life, you know? Got you. Do, do you have a morning routine? No, because none of my mornings are ever this <laughs> Never the, <laughs> Never the same. So sometimes you're waking up in the morning. Sometimes you're waking up at night in the morning, right? <laughs> it's sometimes just all... like I do a lot of through the night. So I'm yeah. like, like three, four, five, and I might go back to bed and get up at ten. Sometimes I'll get up at you know seven thirty, and I might go get in the hot. I mean, just depend. Like I really, I really am gentle with myself. Okay. The older I'm getting, like we take this shit for granted, and we just like, oh, you know, I had a bad day, or oh, you know, something didn't go my way, or. But you really don't understand, especially in business or any kind of relationship, the hit your soul takes. Right. You know what I'm saying? When stuff don't go your way or something falls apart, we're wearing all of this trauma and stimuli and all this stuff that happens to us. Like this husk, this body I'm in, mm -hmm. it takes a beating. Right. It takes right. a lot. It takes, you know, I'm, I'm intaking through my eyes, my mouth, my ears, my nose, my soul, my spirit. So I have to really take time to like wash it all off. You know mm. what I mean? Through massage, mm. um, through sound therapy, just like in the more that I get, even Steven, I get more sensitive to the fact of stuff I don't like. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I go do my work in the morning, I get in the hot tub, I'm really like, you know, doing my breathing. And then I come around somebody, the energy ain't right. I'd be like, uh-uh, <laughs> I can't do it. But it's work. You know what right. I mean? That's work. For, for sure. For and we sure. don't, we don't take into account our well-beingness enough. You know mm. what I mean? That's right. why you got people out here killing themselves and shooting up, all, you know, schools and movie theaters because ain't no, we're not checking on our wellness. For sure. For sure. So it's, a, it's a big thing to me. No doubt. Are you a reader? Oh, uh, I do contracting. Uh, you got to read, right? Ain't got to read. Ain't no way around that. <laughs> no way you, around. Do, do you have any books that like, 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 like that you would suggest to the audience? I, I, I'm a reader, so I, I love to hear like, like, like new books. Any, any good books you've come across? No. Not really. <laughs> no. I, I've had my uh my head in a contract for the last. Uh, okay, so you've been reading them contracts. I mean, you know, for me, it's just you know whatever. People like tap in, tap in. You gotta tap out to tap in, bro. Like mm. it's a lot coming across your mind every day. Passwords, emails, your jobs, your extracurricular activities. You want to be sexy. Your health, your wellness. What am I putting in my body? My girlfriend, my mama, my sister, my bill. Like it's just a lot. Right. All the time. Right. I really make it a point to just stop it. Like one of the girls that works with me, she like, baby, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, mm. you know, like it's a switch for her too. Cause I'm like, I don't want to clean up my house no more. I don't want to cook no more. I don't want to take my kids to school no more. Like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to spend time just being, and she'll look at me and be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but gradually as she hangs around me more like and she's more involved and she's seeing what's happening she'll be like oh i get it now okay i get it like when stuff really hits the fan like last week some stuff was trying to hit the fan and just to stand up to it it took all i could right. and i was like exhausted like in my body because i took that hit right ain't nobody take that hit for you you know what i mean no i doubt. took that stress and it, it was on my soul so i had to like shut down and get it together no doubt. So for me, like, that's a huge thing. Just so I could be in this thing every day, I got to do double the work to stay like this. So mm. that when I come against something, I'm not frazzled. Mm. You know what I mean? Or I'm not frightened or I'm... So that's that's preventative maintenance. No doubt. You know what I mean? I'll just show up looking like this. I, you looking at me, but you also looking at my spirit being too. Like, I'm good. Right. I'm not right. about to go cry in the car or none of that. Like, so, you know, if I wasn't good, I wouldn't even come before you. You know what there I mean? You so there just, you go. There you go. It's just work just staying in, a, in a, a good space anyway. 
Got you, got you. All right, so you said you, you you're looking to get to into TV. So, like, tell me about that. What are you what are you what are you trying to do on TV? What are you going to do on TV? Not trying to do. What what are your plans? So, just to bring awareness, I'll be on like Sister Circle, um, to shows like that, bringing awareness to contract and just again being a beacon, being a light, just for me extending myself, saying, hey, I'm a 39 year old millionaire. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't easy, but if you follow these steps, you can avoid some of the stuff that I had to endure to make it easier for you. No doubt. That's priceless. You know no what doubt. I mean? Um, no doubt. News outlets, no no ratchet TV or nothing like that. Just awareness. <laughs> no no real house li- housewives of Virginia. <laughs> um, just bringing awareness to women and minorities. So um, I just brought on a new publicist out of Atlanta. She's very dope. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited about um, just all the film opportunities to come. Dope, dope. That sounds excellent. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up because I know you have a flight to catch and I don't want to keep you. I want to get you there on time and all that good stuff. But um, I do have a couple more questions. What, what's, what's, what's next for you? What, what do you, what, what do you, where do you see yourself for the next five to 10 years? I know you talked about TV, but like as far as building business, business-wise, what, 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 what else are you trying to do? So I have a group of friends that live in Atlanta and they're like Muslim. And they have this whole Muslim, like when they like buy the block back, oh, okay. they block. like they got it all. Okay. So like Casey, make them kick you, make them kick you out of the 8A pro because 8A you get, you get kicked out at a hundred million dollars. Right. Like, come on, let's make this hundred million. I mean, they dead serious. Okay. So they want me to make a hundred million dollars. Okay. Okay. I can't tell you that, you know, I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna do it. Um, for me next is uh, contracting globally. I'm going to be doing, um, I'll be doing work in this space of being an honorary diplomat for different countries. So, um, well, honorary consultant, you have the same kind of perks as diplomat. Okay. So you're doing business with other countries. So they're excited to see other black faces. Oh, you right. do contracting? Oh, so do we. So it's like literally like you have certain perks, like you get armored car and you get security and, you know, they mm. can't come in your house and like you're an honorary consulate of these countries. You know, when you're doing business and then a lot of the countries, especially the ones in Africa, the American dollar is um, worth more than the dollar in their country. Okay. So when you're able to go over there, you're able to have like a, you know, a chef and a person with help with kids and, you know, you can buy a house and your dollar just goes a lot farther, which takes you into living, you know, internationally and it takes you to all kind of other stuff. So the world is literally at my fingertips. You know what Mm, I mean? No doubt. That's not a, I'm not just saying that. You know? Right, right. Um, and, and more, more women empowerment. But I plan on doing everything. Like the way Martha Stewart is, she sells curtains, towels, pots and pans. You know the whole thing. Like right. that's what be doing the whole. That's thing. dope. Yeah, that's dope. And you have an event coming up, right? Um, uh, there's an event that I saw you were on your page, a black, uh, black diamond event. Is 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 that oh, your yeah. event? No, so I've been, um, <laughs> I'm a finalist for a contracting award here in Virginia for the um, Black Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Um, it's a, another older lady. I know her. Okay. Um, but again, it's like, again, you know, it's, it's the older Black woman or the white man or the one Indian lady. So it's like now I'm on the ballot and people are, I'm going to win. But okay. People are, you know, voting. And so for me to be able to stand up in front of the Black Chamber of Commerce where I live at, to be respected, that gives me a different kind of light. Um, just within my community here, you know what I mean? It's a lot of older people have who've been doing this who don't even have any eyes or ears on my audience. You know what I mean? I I have the same audience that world star hip hop can have. You know right, what I mean? I run sure. ass up there too. I mean, you got people, black people got money. I know several black people that have money that's out here with $1,200 bags and weaves and shoes. So it's not like <laughs> you don't have the money. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. It's just the people that talk about what I talk about aren't marketing to them. Mm. That's it. Mm. But their 18-year-old children are growing up in this federal contracting world. So right. why would I, you know, introduce it to our youth also? Right, right. Um, mm. And this weekend, I'll be in Houston. Pop Darby, um, he's a social media influencer, too. He's out of Houston, Texas. He's actually running for city council. So I'm going to be there this weekend to just lend my support, um, okay. help promote, um, help just, you know, bring awareness to his campaign. Um, and then I just did a retreat last weekend or two weekends ago in Houston. Um, so that was pretty dope. Okay. Um, but I, I, think, I think we're going to do one business class out there, maybe like Sunday. Okay. And we just put together really, really quick. Um, but then it's, it's, it's TV mode. I'll be in LA the first 
two months of next year of, of 2020. Okay. So it's it's some things happening. <laughs> I see. I see big things popping. No doubt. That's that's a beautiful thing. All right. So so give the audience your your your, your final thoughts. Just 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 talk to um you know that 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 young woman who young lady who's 15 you know your age when you started the vending machines or 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 someone who's a little bit older and they're, they're trying to find their way give them give give them something to hold on to to take away from this interview i mean not that you haven't given a whole bunch of takeaway already but but let, let, me, let me get some final thoughts from you casey final thoughts is just that you know literally you you are at it this is the best time to be alive and i'm not just saying that you've got the internet You've got all this global supply chain. You've got technology. You got cryptocurrency. You have social media. There is nobody you cannot touch. There is mm. nobody you cannot reach. Right. There's nothing you can't do. You no know, doubt. my son, he's 11. He's got a YouTube channel with subscribers. You know what I mean? It's literally nothing you can't do. Anything literally you want to do, you can either be it yourself or you can find somebody like myself to help you out. Um, it's just, it's so much opportunity out here. Like, it's just, it's not possible to not make it happen. Mm. It, it just is. So I would just really encourage anybody, uh, man, woman, boy, child, you know, melanated, to just really plug up, you know, don't w work smarter and not harder, but get the information, you know? It, it's, it, it's not even like hard information to get. It's just, you got to get it and you got to grasp it and you got to apply it. You know, mm. and when it doesn't go your way, you got to keep going. You looking at 13 years it took me to get here with a divorce. I had a sick baby, almost lost my company a whole bunch of times. Right. But you're not looking at me seeing that. You look right. at me seeing somebody that looks like, you know, they got it together and da, 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 da. And yeah, I do. But it wasn't always like this. So even in the midst of your failures or the part where you might be leaning a little to the side, you know, your company might be a little raggedy, you know, right, right, keep right. going, keep right. going. I made some of the... The best money I ever made was when like I, some of my trucks was down. I had to hop and drive, you know, like, but I got it done. Mm. You know what I mean? So just don't quit. Like and alignment is also, this is a very big thing for me. Alignment is also when things don't happen the way you thought they were going to happen. That's still very much correction. It's a lot of times that stuff is working even more than the stuff that's going your way that you think is helping you go there. It's really the stuff that goes like this. That's really getting you where you're supposed to be at. So I would just encourage everybody to just stay on the path, stay connected to your purpose. You know, um, your time is valuable, so is your energy. So if it's, it's somebody that's not in alignment with your purpose, you don't really got no business spending time with people like that no more. We just won't have the time. We got work to do, you know? No doubt. And, and one more question just popped into my head too before we go. Do you, do you have a mentor? No. No mentor? Mm -hmm. What do you think about mentorship? I think it's great. I have a mentorship program and I teach people how to, you know, do what I do. Even outside of that, it's like we connect on so many other levels because just being black or just being a woman or just being out here by yourself. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's a multimillionaire. He's been doing this like 25 years. And he was like, you know, Case, we need to all put up like 25,000 and we need to just become, you know, a lending arm to these black businesses. He's like, it's so hard. We're trying to do it by ourselves. And it's so hard. Like I needed like 40 grand the other day. Mm. An extra 40 grand on top of everything else I had to come up with. And I had like two hours to, to come up with it. Right. Somebody I've never met, never seen, don't even know, just off the strength of him gave me the money. Hmm. So it's like, you know, now I have that person in my corner. So if I need a hundred or 200,000 or whatever I need, yeah. you know, I don't have to go to a bank and wait seven days. And I got a deadline for two hours. Like it's huge. So yeah. the paradigm has again shifted. I will be opening a lending arm as well. Cause it's just too hard to get money out here. Um, and just sticking together, just empowering people more. If I, Jay-Z's got a line about it. I can't remember, but it's like something about if we all lean on each other, then we'll all be each other's crutches or something like that. I don't know how it goes. No doubt. But very clue. If I got 25,000, you got 50 and he got 75 and we put it all together, we'll be able to rely on one another instead of trying to just do all this stuff on our own. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Before I go, please let everybody know where they can connect with you um find you uh the compass circle or your social media website let's 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 get it so you guys can find me at the website is www.thecompasscircle.com i'm heavily involved on social media um my ig is at the compass circle you can find me on facebook compass circle you can find me on twitter the compass circle um i think that's it and uh, if you guys have any questions or concerns or whatever, you can email me at thecompasscircle at gmail.com.
No doubt. Thank you so much, Casey. Everybody, this woman is on fire. She is killing it. We look forward to, to big, big, big things from her in the future. Um, yeah, just, just, just follow her. And Casey, I just want to stay connected, you know, to you. Keep on building. Thank you so much for coming on my platform and, and sharing your story with, with the Truck and Hustle fam. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Casey. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and Hustle.